Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast details true crime cases. It contains adult themes and may contain descriptions of violence. It is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Once Upon a Crime. You know, it's hard to believe, but the holidays are upon us. Here in the U.S., we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving in just one week. And then, of course, the rest of the festivities come fast and furious. Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day. They'll all be here before we know it. Most of us anticipate time with family and friends celebrating the joys of the season. But unfortunately, crime never takes a holiday. The stories you'll hear this month on Once Upon a Crime all turned out to be holidays from hell for the people who lived them. First up, a young mother goes missing after a Thanksgiving Day shopping trip. It would take meticulous detective work by a number of law enforcement agencies to ultimately learn what happened to 29-year-old Kelsey Barrett and who was responsible. When the circumstances of her disappearance came to light, it would uncover a cruel and calculated murder plot. This is the first chapter of the series, Holidays in Hell. Love, attraction, sex, every new relationship begins with some sort of expectation. Perhaps the initial connection between two strangers is just a way to temporarily fend off loneliness. Maybe it provides a much-needed boost to one's self-esteem. Or maybe it holds the promise of finding your one true love, someone you can love and who will love you back, someone to share your life with, someone to grow old with. I don't know what Kelsey Barrett was looking for specifically when she joined a dating website in 2016. But what the pretty 26-year-old flight instructor found was a 31-year-old handsome rancher from Colorado. There was a quick mutual attraction between them, and before much time had passed, they would have a child together and become engaged. But too late, Kelsey would discover that she really didn't know the man she thought she loved at all. For that, we cannot fault her, because the truth is, no one knew the real Patrick Frazee. No one could have suspected the dark thoughts he harbored deep within himself. No one could have known that he was living a double life, that the facade he presented to the outside world, a loving fiancé, a devoted dad, was just that, a fake front that hid his true, monstrous nature. Which begs the question, do we ever really know anyone? Kelsey Barrett can be described as the whole package, smart, beautiful, ambitious, and with a heart as big and wide as the open skies she loved so much. 
Kelsey grew up in Washington State on her family's farm. From a young age, she was fascinated with aviation and was determined to be a pilot when she grew up. As a farm kid, her first thought was to fly crop dusters, the small light aircraft that fly low over farmland to spray fertilizer or insecticides over crops. Instead, after a few other jobs, Kelsey would end up as a flight instructor in Pueblo, Colorado, teaching Air Force pilots how to fly. She was petite, but could hold her own with the biggest, toughest military men she instructed. When Kelsey was in the cockpit, everyone knew who was in charge, her supervisor said. Still, everyone loved Kelsey for her can-do attitude, as well as for her kindness. Kelsey was a devout Christian who kept a Bible on her desk and chose a scripture each day to reflect upon. She lived by the words of love, kindness, and charity she read in her Bible and hoped to be a reflection of them to the world. The one thing that Kelsey felt would make her life complete was to have a family of her own. She wanted a home, a husband, and children to share her love with. She and her own mother, Cheryl Lee Barreth, were as close as a mother and daughter could be. Kelsey's dream was to be a mother herself. She joined a dating website hoping to meet a man who shared her values and interests and who was also looking for a lasting commitment. In 2016, she connected with 31-year-old Patrick Frazee. Frazee was from Florescent, a small rural town in central Colorado. He still lived and worked on his family's 35-acre ranch. He grew up doing all the things ranchers' kids do, caring for livestock, training cattle dogs, and doing chores around the property. After his father died, Frazee took over the operation of the ranch, where his mother also still resided. He was a simple country boy, and someone Kelsey could instantly relate to as a farm girl herself. Although Kelsey and Patrick's relationship was a long-distance one at first, it was one they both jumped into with both feet. Before long, Kelsey moved to Colorado to be closer to Patrick and took a job as a flight instructor at DOS Aviation in Pueblo. It was an hour commute each way for her, but she didn't mind since it meant being closer to her now fiancé. The couple continued to live separately, but in early 2017, Kelsey became pregnant. In October of that year, she gave birth to a baby girl they named Kaylee Jo. The committed relationship Kelsey had hoped for never really materialized. Frazee continued to live apart from her and the baby, but they shared parenting responsibilities, and he was delighted with his baby daughter. To the outside world, Kelsey and Patrick seemed happy together, loving and kind with one another. But Kelsey did confide to a couple of her close friends that while she was happy being a new mother, she was also dealing with a high level of stress in her life in general. It was difficult to balance her role as the mother of a newborn, her job and long commute time, and her relationship. She'd become aware that her fiancé had been communicating with an ex-girlfriend who lived in another state. Kelsey knew this woman was still interested in Patrick, but she told her friends that she wasn't that concerned about it since the woman lived so far away. What Kelsey didn't know, and could never have fathomed, was that just months after their child was born, her fiancé had begun seeing his ex-girlfriend, and she had made several trips to Colorado to see him. And just months after that, Frazee would begin attempting to persuade this woman to help him get rid of Kelsey. On Sunday, December 2, 2018, Cheryl Lee Barreth placed a call to the Woodland Park Police Department. She reported that she had not heard from her daughter, 29-year-old Kelsey Barreth, 
since Thanksgiving Day. She had spoken with Kelsey a few times that morning, and her daughter had said she was going to the grocery store to purchase ingredients for a dish she was making for the holiday. She had not heard from Kelsey since. It was unlike her daughter to be out of touch for so long, Cheryl Barreth told the officer taking the report, and she had become more and more concerned as the days passed. She had contacted Kelsey's fiancé, Patrick Frazee, and he told her that he had also not heard from Kelsey for a few days. She dropped off their daughter, 14-month-old Kaylee, with him on Thanksgiving, and the last text he received from Kelsey was three days later, Frazee claimed. He said he assumed that she had, quote, flown off somewhere. Cheryl thought it was unlikely and out of her daughter's nature to take off somewhere for several days without telling anyone. She asked police to do a welfare check on Kelsey. When officers arrived at Kelsey's townhouse, they discovered her car still parked there, but her purse, keys, and cell phone were all missing. Personal items like toiletries and cosmetics had been left out. If she had gone on a trip, it didn't appear she'd taken much with her and may have left in a hurry. But they had to concede that they saw no evidence of foul play, and they reported this to her mother. They also determined that her employer, DOS Aviation, had received a text from Kelsey on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, informing them that she would be out the following week. Kelsey's mother and brother knew that something was very wrong and traveled from Washington State to Colorado to check things out for themselves. When they entered Kelsey's home, they noted that she had not taken any clothing, her toothbrush, or any other personal items. After closely inspecting all the rooms, Cheryl Barreth noticed a small stain near the base of the toilet that appeared to be dried blood. She reported this to the police, who now decided to conduct another thorough search of the residence. Meanwhile, officers called on Patrick Frazee, who appeared to be the last person who'd had contact with Kelsey before she went missing. Frazee reported that he'd met Kelsey on Thanksgiving Day to pick up their daughter. He had not gone inside the townhouse, he said, but had gathered the baby and her things from Kelsey while parked in the alley behind the building. Frazee also explained to investigators that Kelsey had broken off their relationship the day before Thanksgiving. He said Kelsey told him that, quote, they should go their separate ways, things were no longer working between them, they were not meshing anymore, and that they would split custody of Kaylee 50-50. Frazee said this was the reason he'd brought along several items belonging to Kelsey when he picked up the baby. He told officers that he'd returned to her a purse, keys to her townhouse, and her gun. He said that he had previously removed the gun from Kelsey's home because she'd been depressed and he was worried for her safety. Investigators did not find the items Frazee supposedly returned. The gun would never be found. Taking into consideration the witness statements they had gathered so far, investigators set about to verify Kelsey's last known movements. They reviewed security coverage footage from the places they believed she might have visited that Thanksgiving day. Kelsey was caught on camera at a Safeway grocery store in Woodland Park with baby Kaylee. They were recorded leaving the store just before 12.30 p.m. At just before 1 p.m., Kelsey is again seen, this time inside a Walmart department store, holding a baby carrier covered with a blanket. The baby cannot be seen in the video, but investigators were certain that Kelsey still had her daughter with her at that time. On Monday, December 3rd, the Woodland Park Police Department sent out word to the public regarding Kelsey's disappearance. The search of Kelsey's townhouse yielded more information for investigators. The stain in the bathroom first noticed by her family was sent to the lab for analysis, which confirmed that the substance was blood. 
other areas of the bathroom were swabbed and came back positive for the presence of blood as well. A more detailed search warrant for Kelsey's residence was now requested. The next day, investigators seized Patrick Frazee's cell phone. The call and text history between his cell phone and Kelsey's would paint a very interesting picture of what he was actually doing on Thanksgiving Day. Cell phone records for both Kelsey Barrett and Patrick Frazee were analyzed by Special Agent Kevin Hoyland with the Federal Bureau of Investigations. This evidence would clearly show that Frazee was not being honest about his movements the day Kelsey went missing. His false statements to investigators regarding where he was on Thanksgiving Day first came to light when one of Kelsey's neighbor's security cameras captured him entering Kelsey's residence at about 1.30 p.m. and leaving about two hours later. Frazee had told investigators that he was already 40 miles away, tending to his cattle during this time. Instead, cell phone records would tell a completely different story. On November 22nd, Thanksgiving Day, Kelsey and Frazee's cell phones were both connected to the same cell tower in Woodland Park. Kelsey returned a missed call to Frazee at 12.31 p.m. This would have been just after she left the grocery store. But that evening, both Kelsey and Frazee's cell phones were recorded pinging off a cell tower near Cripple Creek, approximately 25 miles south of Woodland Park. This was hours after Frazee said he last saw Kelsey. The following day, November 23rd, both phones pinged off a cell tower in Fluorescent, Colorado, along the sector that faced Frazee's ranch. Fluorescent is located 15 miles east of Woodland Park and 18 miles north of Cripple Creek. The two phones were once again recorded as being in the area of Cripple Creek later on the 23rd. Finally, on Saturday, November 24th, both phones were recorded in the area of Cripple Creek. After that, Kelsey's phone moved away separately and was recorded in the area of Salt Lake City, Utah, before finally ending up in the state of Idaho. The last activity recorded for Kelsey's cell phone was on Sunday, November 25th in Goodling, Idaho, about 800 miles away, or 12 hours by car from Woodland Park. The cell phone records also provided investigators with another phone number that Frazee had been in frequent contact with over the days before, during, and after Kelsey's disappearance. It was an Idaho phone number belonging to one Crystal Jean Kenny Lee. Crystal Lee, who'd formerly gone by the name Crystal Kenny, was a registered nurse who resided in Idaho and had been acquainted with Patrick Frazee for over 10 years. They had dated while in college, but then gone their separate ways. Crystal had married Chad Lee, and the couple had two children together during an eight-year marriage. Their marriage had ended in divorce in the summer of 2018. Prior to her marriage breaking up, Crystal had reconnected with Frazee and they began having an affair, which lasted sometime between 2016 and 2017, according to Chad Lee. Incidentally, this would have been around the same time that Frazee began dating Kelsey, and during the same time, she'd become pregnant with her daughter. By March of 2018, Crystal had made several trips to Colorado to see Frazee, unknown to Kelsey. The FBI contacted Crystal Lee by phone on December 14th, 
to ask about her connection to Patrick Frazee. She did not reveal that they were romantically involved, and at first said she had not had contact with him for at least a month. She also denied knowing who Kelsey Barrett was, which was odd because she said she did know that Frazee had an infant daughter. It was unlikely that she didn't know the name of the child's mother. From this point forward, I'll refer to Crystal Lee as Lee, so as not to cause confusion between the names Kelsey and Crystal. After being pressed by the investigator, Lee said she had been at Frazee's ranch on Saturday, November 24th to look at a horse. But cell phone records showed several calls between Frazee and Lee on the 24th, which would have been unnecessary if she had been at his ranch between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. as she had stated. At this point in the interview, Lee told investigators that she wanted to speak with an attorney before answering any more questions. Three days later, she called to say that she was willing to cooperate with their investigation, and a formal interview was set up for December 20th. The story she would tell would provide horrific details regarding the fate of the missing young mother. Crystal Lee gave a four-hour interview to investigators regarding the disappearance of Kelsey Barrett. Before she did so, her attorney asked for a deal. In exchange for testifying against Patrick Frazee, Kelsey's fiancé, Lee asked for a reduced charge of evidence tampering. She told investigators that Patrick Frazee had been planning to, quote, get rid of Kelsey for months. He'd first approached Lee, asking for her help in September 2018. Frazee claimed that Kelsey was an abusive mother who was physically abusing their daughter. Investigators found no evidence to corroborate this allegation. Frazee came up with the plan to kill his child's mother. Lee was a registered nurse, and Frazee wanted her to obtain the prescription drugs Valium and Ambien from her workplace. He instructed her to lace a cup of coffee with a lethal dose of these drugs and then give it to Kelsey. He provided Lee with a story to get Kelsey to accept the coffee drink from a complete stranger. A long shot at best, but we're not talking about criminal masterminds here. Lee actually agreed to do it, but said she chickened out about lacing the coffee with the drugs. Lee bought a drink at Starbucks and knocked on Kelsey's door. She handed Kelsey the coffee and said she was new in the neighborhood and wanted to thank her for helping out with an incident that involved a dog. Kelsey said she didn't know what she meant and didn't know anything about it. She politely thanked the woman, took the coffee, and closed the door. There were no drugs in the coffee. When Frazee found out that Lee had not been successful in drugging Kelsey, he became angry. Not long after this failed murder plot, Frazee came up with a second plan. He provided Lee with a metal pipe and told her to wait outside of Kelsey's townhouse. When she emerged, Lee was instructed to hit her in the back of the head with the pipe. Once again, Lee agreed, never intending to go through with the plot. She took the pipe, but instead of driving to Kelsey's home, she returned to Idaho. But Frazee continued to badger her to carry out the murder plot, and a week later she caved. She drove back to Colorado and waited outside of Kelsey's townhouse with the pipe. But once again, she backed out at the last minute. Then, on Thanksgiving Day, Lee said she received a text from Frazee at about 4.30 p.m. It read, You need to get out here now. You've got a mess to clean up. Lee said she knew this meant that Frazee had, quote, taken care of Kelsey himself. Cell phone records indicated that Lee and Frazee had been in communication on Thanksgiving Day. 
Lee told him that she couldn't leave for Colorado immediately, but would get there as soon as possible. She drove the 800 miles to Colorado on Saturday, November 24th. She'd brought along cleaning supplies, including bleach, plastic garbage bags, gloves, and shoe covers. She first drove to Frazee's Ranch to get the keys to Kelsey's townhouse. Then Lee drove to Woodland Park alone to clean up the mess as Frazee directed her to. She described the scene that greeted her when she arrived. There was a large pool of blood on the living room floor. The walls were sprayed with blood spatter as far as eight or 10 feet up. Baby toys, stuffed animals, blankets, and other items in the living room were also bloodstained. The appliances, curtains, furniture, and nearly every item within view were all coated in blood spray. Kelsey's body was not in the house. Lee donned white coveralls, gloves, a hairnet, and paper booties over her shoes and began gathering everything that was bloodstained. The things she could not wash, she put inside large garbage bags to be burned. She filled six garbage bags. Lee washed down the floors, walls, and every surface in the house. It took her nearly four hours to clean it all up, she told investigators. She then loaded the bags of items into her car and drove to Frazee's ranch. Once she arrived, he told her in detail what had happened to Kelsey. Frazee said that after he arrived at Kelsey's residence on November 22nd, he tricked her into playing a game in which she was blindfolded. He told Kelsey he was going to have her smell some scented candles to have her guess the scent of each one. Once she was blindfolded, he began hitting her with the baseball bat. Frazee continued striking her until she was dead. He said Kelsey's final words were, please stop. At the time he was beating his child's mother to death in the living room, Frazee's baby daughter was in the next room in her playpen. Frazee put Kelsey's body in a black plastic tote box with silver handles. He loaded the box in his vehicle and drove it out to Nash Ranch that same night. He'd stored it in a barn on top of a hay bale. Frazee's initial plan was to have Lee take the body with her back to Idaho to dispose of it, but she refused. Instead, they both drove to Nash Ranch to pick up the tote box and then drove with it out to his property in Florissant. Once there, Frazee put the tote in a 100-gallon trough along with other items from Kelsey's home. He poured gasoline and other accelerants over the tote that contained Kelsey's body and the plastic bags. He lit it all on fire, adding wood to the fire until it all burned to the ground. He had her take Kelsey's phone with her to Idaho and told her to get rid of it. Before doing so, he instructed her to send a series of text messages from the phone posing as Kelsey. She did so, texting Kelsey's employer, her mother, and Frazee, in an attempt to make people believe that Kelsey had disappeared voluntarily, even sending Kelsey's mother a message assuring her that she would, quote, call her tomorrow. Frazee also gave Lee Kelsey's gun and told her to dispose of it. His idea was that people might believe Kelsey had been despondent over the breakup and had gone somewhere to kill herself. Lee said she helped Frazee to hide evidence that he'd committed a murder because she was afraid of what he would do to her if she refused. She said she deliberately left blood evidence for investigators to find on the stones around the fireplace as well as on a baby gate that she moved to a back room. She also told them that there may still be blood on the base of the walls. Lee went with officers back to the crime scene and pointed out these areas to them. 
they confirmed that she was telling the truth about where the blood evidence could still be found. The day after Crystal Lee's interview, Patrick Frazee was arrested at his ranch and charged with murder and solicitation to commit murder. Kelsey's body had still not been found. Warrants were drawn up to search Frazee's 35-acre ranch in Florescent. Kelsey's one-year-old daughter was placed in protective custody temporarily before she was reunited with her mother's family. On December 27th, Frazee appeared in court for an emergency custody hearing for Kaylee. Kelsey's parents were granted temporary custody. Frazee was formally charged with murder and entered a plea of not guilty on December 31st. His trial began just one month shy of the one-year anniversary of Kelsey Barrett's murder. The prosecution laid out its evidence against him. Even without a body, it was a very compelling case for guilt. Photos from security cameras showed Frazee driving his red truck with the black tote in the back, containing Kelsey's body as Lee had described. He was also caught on camera filling up a gas can with gas at a service station. This gas, prosecutors told the jury, was the accelerant used to burn Kelsey Barrett's body. Kelsey's body was never found, and prosecutors theorized that Frazee had either taken her remains to a dump or disposed of them in a river. Blood evidence found at the crime scene was analyzed and found to be tied genetically to Kelsey Barrett. Crystal Lee was the prosecution's star witness. She provided the jury with all the gruesome details given to her by Frazee, including the fact that he had instructed her to look for a tooth, saying that one had either broken off or fell while he was beating Kelsey to death with the bat. Lee testified that Frazee had commented to her, quote, you don't know how hard it is to have Thanksgiving dinner after killing her, end quote. A surprise witness came forward at trial. An inmate who was incarcerated with Frazee testified that Frazee had given him a hit list of people stating, quote, they need to disappear. The list included Crystal Lee and Cheryl Barrett. About Lee, Frazee stated, quote, I'd really like to see Crystal with a bullet in her head, end quote. After three and a half hours of deliberation, a jury unanimously found Frazee guilty of murder. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 156 years. In January 2020, Crystal Lee was sentenced to three years in prison. She apologized to Kelsey's family before her sentencing. Patrick Frazee's appeals have so far been rejected, and in 2019, he was transferred from Colorado State Prison in Cannon City to the Arkansas Correctional Facility. This case is horrific, but it's also baffling for many reasons. One is that there is no clear motivation for this murder. It's hard to believe that Frazee, who had no prior criminal record and had shown no prior violent tendencies, could plan and execute such a cold, calculated, and brutal murder simply over an alleged custody dispute. If they had decided to break off their relationship, it must have happened immediately before Kelsey's murder. Everyone still believed that they were in a good, solid relationship and were co-parenting without any issues. After Kelsey went missing and before Frazee was a known suspect, even Kelsey's mother said, quote, the relationship has been good, they're loving, end quote. Frazee's friends and acquaintances all said that the Patrick they knew could never be capable of such a horrendous crime. 
One called him a gentle soul, soft-spoken and really just down-to-earth and practical. Another said that she couldn't imagine him doing anything that would harm anyone. But there was one incident reported that showed a darker side of Patrick Frazee. This happened at the time of his daughter's birth. Kaylee was born prematurely, and the baby's delivery was considered high risk. As such, Frazee wasn't allowed into the delivery room due to the special accommodations necessary for the delivery. Frazee went ballistic and became verbally abusive to the nursing staff, according to reports. Due to his threats and abusive behavior, one of the nurses called social services to evaluate the situation. The social worker asked questions of Kelsey to determine if the baby's father was abusing her or if she was afraid of him. Frazee became even more enraged when he learned this and threatened to kill the nurse who'd made the report to social services. A year later, Frazee actually joked about this incident at Kaylee's first birthday party. But there are no reports of Frazee being violent or abusive towards Kelsey during the relationship. So what could have caused him to want to murder the mother of his child? He told Crystal Lee that Kelsey had been abusing their daughter, but there's no evidence for this, and nobody who knew her believes it to be true. But even if it was true, then he could have gone through the courts to prove it, and if true, he would have had a good claim for full custody of the baby without resorting to murder. Was he angry with Kelsey for some other reason? Did he want revenge for something? There's nothing to indicate either of these things as a motivation. Or did he simply want Kelsey out of the way to be with the other woman, Crystal Lee? Lee had already divorced her husband, and Frazee had not yet married Kelsey, nor was he living with her. If this was his goal, it would have been easy enough to break off the engagement to be with Lee. Or was this all about control? Frazee's only stated motivation was that he wanted full custody of Kaylee. It seems a flimsy reason to commit a brutal murder. But I suppose, sadly, murder has been committed for any number of flimsy reasons. Finally, let's look at Crystal Lee's actions. Why did she agree to help Frazee cover up such a horrific act? She actually agreed to help her lover kill his fiancée twice, but chickened out at the last minute. Lee would later claim she was afraid to refuse his demands because she feared for her life and the life of her children. She claimed that Frazee had commented to her that, quote, little girls go missing from playgrounds all the time, which she took as a threat against her children. Common sense would dictate that Lee had enough evidence and lived far enough away, over 800 miles, to report these threats as well as Frazee's plans for murder to the police. Instead, she traveled a long distance to help Frazee clean up after the murder. Lee knew that Kelsey's home was a bloody crime scene before she arrived. She could have called the Woodland Park police and reported this while she was still at a safe distance away from Frazee. So could fear really have been the reason for Lee agreeing to cooperate with Frazee's murderous plan? As a mother herself, why didn't she feel compelled to tell another young mother that her life was in danger? She could have become a hero rather than an accessory to murder. Some people who knew of the relationship between Lee and Frazee in the past said that Frazee had a, quote, real hold over Lee. Lee had first become involved with him soon after graduating from high school. Even though she'd gotten married and had a child with another man, Lee began an affair with her old boyfriend and eventually left her husband to continue seeing him. Was Lee simply jealous of Kelsey? Did she consider her a romantic rival for Frazee's affections? 
And if so, was that the real motivation for agreeing to help him cover up her murder? Let me know what you think. You can comment on our Once Upon a Crime Facebook fan page and join the discussion. A link is in the show notes. There was a development in Crystal Lee's case in April of 2021. The Colorado Court of Appeals threw out her original three-year sentence, saying that the district court's ruling exceeded the maximum sentence allowed by her plea agreement and stated that the court improperly relied on outside facts that pushed Lee's sentence into the aggravated range, resulting in the lengthier sentence. She was resentenced to 18 months in prison with the same start date as her original sentence, January 28, 2020. Department of Corrections records indicate that Crystal Lee was released from prison after her resentencing on March 23, 2021. Kelsey Barrett's daughter, Kaylee, was just over a year old when her mother was murdered. She was placed in the temporary custody of Kelsey's parents, Cheryl and Daryl Barrett. Patrick Frazee's parents had petitioned for custody as well, but were turned down by the court in favor of the Barrett's. In 2020, after Frazee was convicted of murder, the Barrett's sought full custody of their granddaughter via adoption. Frazee's family also sought full custody, but it appears the Barrett's were successful in their bid because as of February 2021, the then 3-year-old Kaylee was living with her maternal grandparents. That will do it for this episode of Once Upon a Crime. I'll be back next week with another story about holidays in hell, and I hope you'll join me then. Once Upon a Crime is written and produced by me, Esther Sanchez Ludlow. My research and production assistant is Lorena Garcia. Until next time, be good to one another. <laughs>